0: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really?
1: Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No is necessary.
0: Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: It's time to swarm the four zero two. Welcome to
0: the Nebraska Hawks.
2: These guys are brave! They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory.
0: Listen, these guys are way past their point, but they're still Hawkeyes!
2: They're spreading the Hawkeye height to all of Nebraska! The Frost Advisory is cancelled! Corn husker, more like corn suckers.
1: Are you ready for this podcast? And welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest, your Hawkeye oasis located in a Nebraska desert. We're coming fresh off the seventh year in a row, knocking off the Nebraska Cornhuskers in the Heroes game. Jerry and I are feeling good. We're feeling like winners. So you know what? we feeling like winners. We want to hang out with the winner. So We called up our friend Zach McCabe, former Iowa Hawkeye basketball star. Zach, what is going on with that beautiful beard, man?
2: <laughs> oh man not much i just actually just trimmed it just for this so we're <laughs> from here.
0: you're treating us way more special than we deserve <laughs> i'm telling you that right yeah now, so. <laughs> I, I don't i don't even put in a deodorant for this show so <laughs> <laughs> uh, so zach you're a sioux city guy right on the other side of the missouri tell us uh, your thoughts after the Hawkeye victory and then our uh and then getting into the Big Ten championship game, man. How's how's it making you feel?
2: Oh man, uh, for, it's pretty exciting, actually. Just uh, yeah. just for them to get in, and yeah, there you go, right there. You, you want to re- Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know. yeah, I was sweating for the you know first four three quarters there. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs>
0: We, uh, you know, if you get that belt, Adam might be open to you know let you carry it around for a day if you want. If you got any Husker friends there in the Sioux City Metro that you want to kind of just
2: kind of you know gloat with a little bit, yeah, there is, there is a lot of Husker fans here, so I might need to do that. Yeah, we
1: could, ar- <laughs> we could arrange something. I could stop by at a delicious local Jimmy John's in the area and, and have a, have a sandwich and yeah. um, stop by and that- say hi.
0: Yeah, exactly. With the McCabe family ownership of all the multiple Jimmy Johns all around yeah. the uh, area, that's uh, you might have a hard time trying to figure out which one Zach's at, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just going to have to eat, eat my way all the way till when I find him then. So <laughs> that's uh, – that, I'm going to say right now that bread's the best. It like, is, yeah. that, that bread's is. the best. It, but if you don't have strong teeth, it's going to give you troubles. But it
2: is amazing. Hey, we, we don't have fake stuff like Subway, so there you go. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I so mean it's, go ahead, Jerry.
0: So Zach, go ahead and start us out at the beginning. Man, you were a two-sport superstar at uh, Sioux City Healing and Sioux City. You know what? What? What was it that fueled your sports growing up, and uh, you know your interest in uh, football and basketball? And then tell us uh, take us into the recruiting then, and what drove you to ultimately choose basketball and uh, go to the University of Iowa? It's kind of a very widespread
2: question, yeah. but
0: feel, feel free to take it and run.
2: Um, I I always. Grew up with sports. Um, my dad played football at Morningside in Sioux City. Um, had a bunch of uncles that played football. Um, not sure where basketball came from was just kind of, that was just kind of my sport and really liked it. And, um, in high school, I, I wasn't really much into football that much. I was more into basketball and I had the pleasure of handing off to Brandon Weger a lot. So didn't made my job a little bit easier there in high school, but, um, Kind of towards the end, I, you know, just felt like basketball was my sport. And I was always a big Iowa fan growing up. So, um, you know, when they offered me, um, that was kind of where I wanted to go right away. So. And so,
0: Adam, take this. You know, he talks about how he focused on basketball. And, you know, he kind of was passive about his football. But as a three-year starting quarterback, 35-4 and four at Sioux City Healing. And mm-hmm. uh, state football title junior year, runner-up as a sophomore. Single game and single season passing records are seen. I mean, you're bypassing this. And, I mean, you're putting up numbers that most most uh, people that peak in high school would have dreamt of. And you're oh, a right basketball there. player, man. Oh, yeah. 465 yards passing in
1: one game. Just Side hobby. That's all it
2: was. <laughs> yeah, they just yeah. they let us my senior. Year, they finally just just like letting us throw it around. So there we go. It was, it well, was good. you know, um, your
0: your size. I kind of thought maybe it was a Brandon Sheriff at uh, you know uh, in, in high school thing where they just kind of wildcat hiked it to him. He just ran everybody over, man. Oh, you, were, yeah. you were airing it out. Twenty four hundred sixty one yeah. yards for the season, oh, yeah. man. Those are those are some high school stats.
2: Yeah. So yeah. Zach, I could, anyway, I could play. I could tell you. Yeah, I I did. I could Zach, play football. So.
1: Zach, you had you had some football opportunities too coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Central Florida had some interest in you. And uh, tell us a little bit about the the football opportunities you had as
2: well. Um, it was South Florida, and South Florida. Uh, actually uh, Jim Levitt. He uh, went to. He was the head coach at South Florida at the time. He he was a defensive coordinator when my dad was. uh, playing at Morningside so okay um we kind of the kind of connection there they always kind of kept in touch and um yeah the, I mean one time we went down there I was actually with AJ Derby one time as okay actually so when we were playing basketball we went down and visited and he's like if you guys are ever interested he's like there's always a scholarship for you guys here so just kind of for him to kind of reach out and do that and just off my just off my dad basically he's throwing that off on a whim. So, but I mean, it was, it was, uh, it could have been a good opportunity maybe to play football, but so yeah. I just chose basketball though. So.
0: So with the uh, morning side and the healing, uh, you know, you mentioned Brandon Wigger, he's been pretty outspoken on social media about the state of Sioux <laughs> city healing football. Oh, yeah. I mean, are these, uh, you know, and I realize they're maybe not having the success they used to be. I mean, are you, uh, are you on this train? Is this kind of a movement that started or is Brandon kind of going rogue here with some of his opinions?
2: Uh, I I think he's got, he's kind of going the right direction. Uh, It's, you know, kind of people have been kind of hush hush about it, but um, it's kind of disappointing to see the direction that they're going and um, kind of some of the parents involved and stuff like that. Just kids aren't working hard like they used to. And so, I mean, for him to kind of put his, you know, kind of put himself out there like that. Uh, you know, I actually supported him on there. I kind of put some comments on the bottom. So, mm-hmm. um, but, I mean, he's he's right, and, you know, hopefully someday, you know, somebody could turn around. So, we'll see. What's he up to now?
1: Because he had one of the best freshman seasons that an Iowa football player's ever had. I think he would – did he get the Orange Bowl MVP or one of the no, – that was – that, that was adrian playable. yeah but, Adrian but got, got the mvp
0: but he got the, he got some of the uh ceiling t- uh, runs there at the
1: end to was uh, seal the game for i thought he so got there. like some sort of award for that game i can't remember well, what it maybe. was but yeah
2: a- I, adrian I, I... got yeah but um what's what's
1: brandon <laughs> what's brandon up to these days
2: uh he's in sioux city uh he's his dad owns a construction company um he's actually just started his own so um he's in a partnership with three other guys and um, actually where I lived and grew up, that's his dad built a lot of those houses out there. So, okay. um, he's starting to do that and, um, kind of starting his own construction company basically. So, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, good deal. Well, we'll, we'll get back onto the Zab, Zach McCabe show. Here. <laughs> Sorry about that. We got a little distracted, no. but what was it that drove your decision then Zach to go to Iowa? I mean, I, you know, what was your recruitment? Who else was in the picture? And then ultimately what made you decide? Cause that was about the same time you would have been one of Fran's first recruits, wouldn't
2: you? Yeah, um, actually, I was at State Bass Hall. when Licklider got fired. So um, he was, they recruited me, Licklider did, and their staff. And then, um, you know, I was kind of looking at other options after that happened. And um, just being an Iowa fan, I was just always kind of still always drawn, kind of want to see who they're going to be, who's going to be the head coach. And um, actually, the funny thing was I – always for some reason was watching Siena play when they played like Ohio state, the NCAA tournament. So um, like their style and how they played. And um, kind of when he got the job, um, he called, flew out to Sioux city, had dinner at my house, just kind of told me that, you know, it's not going to be, uh, you know, an overnight success. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to take time. And, um, you know, you're going to be putting in lots of work and up to your, you know, wasn't guaranteed we'd make NCA NCAA tournament right away or anything like that. Or, but he said there, that he'll always give an opportunity and stuff. And, um, you know, I just kind of, I loved Iowa city and just fell in love with their campus and stuff too. And um, I don't know, I just, being an Iowa fan, I just felt like, uh, I, I always like, you know, just always winning in high school and stuff like that. It was just kind of, you know, wanted to change stuff, kind of the culture and stuff at Iowa. So um, that's kind of, Usually, recruits kind of don't usually do that type of stuff. So, um, usually, they want to go to a winning program, can go to the NCAA tournament every year. But, yeah, um kind of wanted to do a different route, and that's what I chose. So, well,
1: Zach, I got to say, that's just like the truest essence of uh, what a Hawkeye really is. And that's (laughs) one thing that I'm going to go on a slight rant here, not too quick. You get so frustrated with these recruits that come out anymore, and it's been going on for a long time. Let's take the easy road and go to like a top-tier blue blood program and step right into it instead of making a name for yourself, you you know, leaving a lasting legacy at a school. And you and, you know, Gazelle and Woodbury, what they call the Sioux crew, are really, you know, held responsible for turning the tide for Iowa basketball because there were some dark days there for a while where things weren't going really well. Um, tell us about some of the conversations you had with those guys uh, from the Sioux City area and what your relationship was like with those guys and what it was like being able to put Iowa basketball on the on the right
2: track again. Uh, yeah, I knew Mike and Woody for pretty long time I've I mean played against basketball against them for a while and um they're always playing up when we play in Sioux City and um I don't know I just when they were looking at colleges I you know I always chirped in their ear a lot and um just told them that you know we're trying to do something special here and you know having you guys come along um you know you could be just as important as you know anybody else here You know they had an opportunity to play right away. Um, You know Woody Woody obviously had North Carolina on him pretty hard, and yeah, um, just told you know you know had him on their visits and told Woody you know he could be just another guy at North Carolina, or he could be you know somebody that you know changed kind of how Iowa basketball is at Iowa, and um, you know Mike was looking at Nebraska really hard and. You know told told Mike you know you know you want us to kick your butt every year or do you want to come, <laughs> you want to come play with us so um you know he was on board too and you know it was just to get those guys to come on and kind of you know follow what we're trying to do is pretty cool so hey
0: That's Zach awesome. how on on that note how important uh, your running mate at Heal and Brennan Coogill ended up at Iowa for a year before he transferred on and he uh, left his mark in the uh, record books up at Green Bay but you know was that did that enter into your decision at all or?
2: Oh uh, yeah it did I mean uh, he was a big Iowa fan too and um, you know we talked a little bit here and there just kind of just asked him how things were going and um, you know him going there just kind of seeing how stuff was going to kind of helped out my decision a little bit so um, also just I wanted my parents to see me play and my dad's a big Iowa fan too, and my whole family's Iowa fans except one of my uncles is an Iowa State fan. So but yeah. I mean, yeah. So we don't but, we don't I'm, talk, we don't talk about yeah, him. But yeah, we don't talk about that. But. We we
1: refer to it as Ames Community College, but go on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Well, good deal. So you know, I guess on the last thing about your recruitment then too, was what were your impressions? You know, we we see a lot of outside view, but when you had your interactions with Lick Lighter. And the styles between he and McCaffrey couldn't be more different. You know, McCaffrey's run and gun, high tempo. Licklider was what they called the butler way back in the day. You know, what what were your impressions and thoughts under Licklider versus the style then that you got presented and ultimately brought
2: you to Iowa? Um, I mean, I I also, interestingly, was recruited by Butler pretty hard. So, um, I mean, I obviously kind of played their style of basketball and, you know, it was slow tempo and stuff and – um, but from what I saw too, they you know, they did do, they tried to get up and down the court a little bit, but, um, I mean, it is night and day basically kind of, you know, compared to what I was ready to, you know, what Licklider was doing and then what McCaffrey ended up doing, you know, um, you know, we got the ball out, got, I mean, Fran stresses getting the ball, getting it going, um, you know, making good decisions, stuff like that. So. Um, typically I was the guy making sure we got the ball out of bounds, got it out fast. And um, a lot of the teams we play, they try to slow us down. Um, gosh, I can remember like Michigan State or like those guys just kept hitting the ball out of bounds so we couldn't get the ball pushed up the court. So um, anytime that they were doing that, I knew we were doing our job. So, But, I mean, you know, we also did with McCaffrey, did half-court stuff. I mean, ran plays and, um, you know, you kind of mix it up here and there just to give, you know, guys comfort level and stuff like that. So. Well, Zach, I, I spent a little bit of time living in Sioux city.
1: In my opinion, it's one of the most underrated cities in the state of Iowa. I really enjoyed it there. I think there's a lot of fun things to do there. It just has a lot to offer. So Zach, Jerry and I roll into town. It's a Friday night. You're going to show us a good time. Where's the best place you're going to take us to eat other than Jimmy John's and, (laughs) Your favorite place
2: to grab a cold one? Um, favorite place probably to eat. Um, Shoot, uh, diving elk. It's kind of a some people in town started it. It's a pretty good place on Fourth Street. Um, okay, like going there, family goes there. They have good drinks and stuff like that. Good food. Um, if you want to get, you know, usually I like to go to a Hawkeye bar. It's called Marty's. Okay, um, love. Yeah, so I like going there, watching the games. There, you know, it's kind of hometowny stuff like that. So a lot Artists. of people just like watching the game and drinking beer, and so good time. Mm-hmm. All right, Jerry, oh, come we, on. We'll put a, on, put that on the list. Jerry, we need to stop at Marty. I like going to Miles Inn too. That's, so. that's what I was yeah, doing right uh,
0: there. The yeah. uh, schooner and the Charlie Boy. You yeah, got, yeah, you got to throw the Miles in yeah. there. So, in fact, that's you know, a- I I I'm not trying to take it down, but you go to Okaboji, and their Miles Inn is not the historic. It's oh, nice. Yeah, it's a good place. Don't get me wrong. if yeah, you go to yeah. the Miles in Sioux City. It's the yeah, atmosphere. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the Miles. So. That's the Miles in. So yeah, it was kind of like, oh, I'd rather go back to Sioux City. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that place is awesome. Not for not running them down. It's a very wow. nice place in Okobo. It's Just a little bit more yeah. modern and doesn't have the uh, mystique but the one in Sioux. It City. doesn't have yeah, the charm. Cool. It does. Yeah, not, exactly, no. exactly, exactly. But yeah, you got the you got the full Hawkeye logo in Sioux City right above the bar. You can get your Charlie Boys and your schooner or whatever and. It's it's a nice time. You you yep, leave that's your a feeling, life so. right there. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so you get to Iowa, you know, and you're an incoming freshman, you know, uh, with a couple guys named Devin Marble and Melson Basabi. You guys were learning the ropes. But take us through what what was your welcome to the Big Ten moment, and what what was that learning curve like going from three A Iowa basketball to uh, to the to the big stage in the Big Ten.
2: Uh, to say it was tough was an understatement. Um, it, I mean, it was tough. I mean, um, just kind of learning the ins and outs, uh, having to adjust. I mean, you when you're in high school, you're usually the guy that's scoring all the time, stuff like that. So, um, just learning how to, what your role is every game and what you're supposed to do. Um, you know, never really did game scout, to be honest with you, when we we're at healing. So, you know, it's kind of we knew we we're the better team, and we we're just gonna you know beat you guys. So, but um, you know, we were doing game scout for Iowa stuff like that. So, um, probably my probably my wake up moment was when we played at Michigan State. Um, we're playing. I think Draymond Green was guarding me, and I hit a hit a two pointer right in his face. But he was talking smack to me the whole game. But <laughs> we had, we still lost by probably thirty or forty. But um, just kind of. Finally, being like in those atmospheres in the Big Ten and those gyms, like it was kind of nuts. So, it was, I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty tough in the beginning. So, I don't think Draymond ever
1: played a game in his life where he wasn't talking the whole entire time. <laughs> no, no, he was <laughs> you always know. talking, talking about anything. So, he's probably home talking time. smack to
0: his kids, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah always talking. Yeah. He does it in his sleep. He does. Oh that's awesome. So what you know, and your first then you go through with Fran. You know, what's one of the things about Fran, maybe that the you know, the public persona with you know, lack of a better term, a hothead. You know, and what you know, but behind the scenes yeah. with Fran, what 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 is it with Fran, Zach? What is it that the public doesn't realize about Fran? I mean, I you know, and uh I guess if you can kind of elaborate on that. Um,
2: besides games, honestly, he never really uh he's not really yelling at you too much. So um I think <laughs> kind of the first year, I mean, people kind of saw him really intense and, you know, yelling at us and stuff. And, um, you know, he was just as intense as we were trying to be. And he was just trying to install a culture, I think, that, you know, we didn't have at Iowa. So um, it was kind of, he wanted us to fight on every play and do everything that we could do, you know, win that game. So um, I think, fans, I think that they only see him screaming or whatever, slamming the chair or whatever it was. So, um, honestly, I mean, unless we're having a bad practice or whatever, I mean, he wasn't yelling too much at us or, um, and he's, you know, he's really down to earth guy, really good communicator with all of us players. And so, um, yeah, I think that's kind of the bad rap that he got starting out. So
0: <laughs> is a lot of his uh
2: antics for life of a better term, is a lot of
0: that on the sideline just because he's fighting for you guys, he's fighting for his guys out on the court, you think? Yeah, I
2: mean, he's he's after the rest. Like he's you know, he's he's on them. He's you know, he's he wants the same foul call that, you know, um, you know, any star player in the Big Ten got. So um, yeah, he's you know, he's fighting for us and you know, better better or not, that probably, you know, hurt him in the beginning with the refs, so um, just him getting at after him and stuff. And But, you know, just him sticking up for us that made us work, you know, that much harder for him and, you know, play that much harder for him and want to win, so.
1: Zach, during your career, it could be in Big Ten play or anything, who would you say is like one or maybe two of the toughest guys you win against where you were like, Completely overwhelmed, and like this guy is like next level, and you just completely had your hands full.
2: Um, gosh, um, I would say, I mean, I would say the whole Michigan team almost had like Trey Burke and Glenn Robinson Jr. and you know they had Nick Stalke's coming off the bench and mm-hmm. um, just. I mean, some of those teams are just tough. And then, um, God, I mean, I would just say this just because I had to guard him all the time. It's probably Jaron Soldier just because, I mean, he's a big, big body inside and he could just move his way inside and then wherever he wanted to. And he got he got a lot of the good, good foul calls. So, I mean, it, it was, you know, some of those guys, uh, there was a lot of great players when I played, but um I mean, there, honestly, there was a lot, a lot of good players. We always had a tough night in and out. So, um, but those are probably the top two for me. Just, you know, we had, we always had trouble with Michigan and Michigan state and um, yeah, garden and soldier wasn't fun. So. Mm.
0: (laughs) And one of the things about your career, I mean, we, you know, we could get into every year, but the whole thing was the growth that we talked about when Fran came in, um, and, you know, we look at it, you know, like your sophomore year, you guys get to the NIT. After your freshman year and that transition year, it wasn't a very, it wasn't a great year. Then you go to the NIT and then you make it into the NIT run like your junior year where you end up in the championship. But, you know, and you're seeing guys coming in like an Aaron, like your sophomore year, Aaron Wine and Ola Shaney, you know future, all big 10 and Sixth uh, six man of the year. And yeah. I mean, what's that, you know, the, the promises that you saw coming in as a recruit and now all of a sudden you're delivering cause you're seeing these guys coming in the door. I mean, what was that like behind the scenes for you, Zach?
2: Uh, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. I mean, it was just, you know, just to see somebody coming in um, you know, some coach talking to you about that growth and you know, we're actually doing it and um, just, and the type of players you are bringing in and, um, I, you know, every player that came in, we just try to insta- install that mindset that, you know, we are always, we always played as underdogs and, um, you know, nothing was really given to us. So, um, we, you know, we, our goal was always, you know, as us freshmen with Devin and Wasabi that, to you know, make NCAA tournament. So, you know, we are just, there was a couple of games here and there, our junior year, if we won, we would have been NCAA tournament. So, um, but. Being in the NIT was pretty cool at being Madison Square Garden. Um, I think that just kind of gave everybody a little bit more hunger and stuff like that just to keep building and making sure this program's going the right way. All right, Zach, you uh referenced hunger.
1: <laughs> yeah. Walk with me here. Oh God! We're gonna Walk be stepping. <laughs> we're 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 ste- we're stepping into a a local delicious Jimmy John's location. Yeah. What, what's gonna be Zach's first order? What sandwich is he gonna be getting?
2: Uh my go-to is probably the Club Lulu. It's the number sixteen. Okay. Uh, it's like turkey bacon. So. All right. We usually add some hot peppers on there. Not a big tomato guy. So. Okay. Yeah. I um I, I'm a
1: Bootleggers Club. I like okay. that one. That, that's that's yeah. a good one. Uh, Jerry, what do you normally get?
0: Oh, I'm the country club number, with country number club. 11 all the way. Yeah, I, yeah but, you know, yeah. I, after uh, COVID wasn't kind to of my weight, so I got to go with the unwitching <laughs> with the bread. <laughs> yeah, so. there you go. Yep. Yeah, That's what anyway, I got to anyway, start but... doing probably too. That's <laughs> that, so. uh, yeah. all right. You're kind of on the yeah. same level with anger. Pat Anger kept telling us about how, what a, he kept referring to himself in a lot of those terms where we're like, yeah, right, Pat. So, yeah, yeah. right, Zach. We really yeah, right, believe in you. Let yourself go. But, um, oh. but anyway, on that note, Zach, with the management group, with your family and the ownership, tell us again where all the locations are for the Jimmy Johns that you guys run.
2: Uh, we have Sioux City area. We have South Sioux City. Um, so we have three stores in Sioux City, one in South Sioux. Um, we're trying to open one up in Lamar's, Iowa. And then we also have uh, Vermilion and yankton south dakota so doing a lot of that with my older sister so we're both area managers so cool. a lot of driving a lot of uh a lot of cool. stuff going on so
0: with some real picturesque scenery on the highways there it sounds like so oh yeah. yeah the missouri river though you get up to yankton and lewis and clark that's a nice
1: area so. yeah that's
2: nice yeah, so when so, you're
1: working, you're working in customer service and oh, anyone yeah. that's worked in customer service, what's the weirdest customer story that you've had from one of your Jimmy John's locations? Just a weird interaction with a customer, just a
2: nutty person coming in that you guys have had to deal with. Um, Probably, actually, we opened our Yankton location. I had to work there quite a bit. Um, but anytime we get some, we had an old, we had an old uh, couple come in and um, first thing they asked was, you guys got milkshakes? And,
1: like, <laughs> I was just like,
2: no, no, we do not. And then, you know, then they asked for pretty much anything else. You know, you guys got French dip sandwiches. You guys got this, that, you know, it's like, no, like, you know, you're trying to be nice. You're like, this is all we have. What we have is on our menu. Like, sorry. Blah, yeah. Whatever. So, but yeah. we've had a bunch of those before. So it's always, uh. It's a little struggle here and there. So coming in, trying to order a pizza. Yeah. Pizza have that. Yeah. We've had that happen too. (laughs) One of our, one of our locations actually is by a papa John's. So we've had, you know, I'm here for my pizza, you know, uh, are you know, this is the wrong John's. (laughs) Oh yeah.
1: Jeez. How many, how many, you'd be like, how many beers have you had today? Yeah. Like you walk into a Jimmy John's, like what rock have you been living under Uh, where you don't know what, where you're at? Sometimes, uh, you know, yeah, you question, but
0: yeah. One of our good friends is in restaurant management as well, so our hearts go out to you, because especially in this employment environment, man, it's had to have been a lot of headaches for you trying to keep things staffed. So yeah, yeah good on good on you and keep fighting the fight there. Yeah, so, we've been trying, so. So, so I got to tell you, Zach, I'm going through these stats when you were at Iowa, and there was one that really stuck out to me. And so once you'd played 137 consecutive games, which that was a school record. Is that still the school record, do you know, or?
2: Uh, I don't know. I, I think, I don't think so. I think, uh, somebody, I think Aaron White actually broke it.
1: So
0: probably like a year or so later than 850 plus points and 500 plus rebounds on a four year career. I mean, that's a solid man. That's like double, double machine. I think, I think, uh, I, I think I might've had two points and one rebound in my high school (laughs) career. So anyway, and uh, double, double figures, 28 times, but the biggest one that stuck out to me was the fact was on November 18th, you turned 30. That made me feel really old. I was <laughs> oh, like, I was oh, like, are you man. kidding me? Oh, Zach God. McCabe is 30 years old. I thought you just like, like, graduated a few years ago. And I'm like, man, that is not right. So belated happy birthday, Zach. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. You made me feel old. I ain't going to lie to you. I was like, there's no way Zach McCabe's 30 years old. Yeah, hey, I was so. in a bad
2: mood all week. And my parents were like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm turning 30. Like. This is depressing, kind of, like, getting old. Dirty 30. Dirty
1: 30. uh, Well, we've
0: all had milestones. Adam hit 40 this year and I hit 50, so we're all in the same boat with you. Oh, congrats. Yeah. Old old ball, old ball. Yeah, old ball. (laughs) So if I could kind of one more McCaffrey question, Zach, but you really, and and I'm, I'm trying to say this in a good way, but, you know, being Iowa fans like Adam and I have been for quite a while, You know, one thing Fran kind of brought in, I think, was kind of that I don't know what you going with that street toughness attitude that we hadn't really seen at Iowa for quite a while. And I mean, you were really one of those guys. It's like, you know what, if you're going to mess with one of my teammates, I'm, I'm coming in here. It's like, you know, if you don't like it, we'll meet you out in the back alley. How was it, you know, was that stuff that just came natural for you guys or what? I mean, did Fran just kind of instill that kind of confidence? Was it kind of an osmosis thing? I mean, how
2: did that come about? Uh, You know, I don't know. I mean, um, you know, when I was trying to figure out what our role kind of what my role was, uh, you know, I realized it wasn't going to be the, uh, you know, score or whatever, but, um, just kind of, you know, that's kind of what I've always been taught, you know, with healing and stuff like that, He's always t- stick up for your teammates and fight for them and stuff like that. So, um, that's kind of what, you know, yeah, I mean, that's what we were. We were kind of street fight, you know, dogs and, you know, get in your face, you know, if you know, there's a couple of times, you know, Matt Gaines got into it with some people and, you know, had to step in and help them out. So, um, but, you know, that's just kind of the mentality that we had and we were just gonna, you know, he did it he didn't saw that into us. He was you know, he was fighting for us and you know, we just fight for him, so get stuff did like the, that done.
0: Did that Philly street ball attitude come across when he coached you?
2: I you know, it's his accent, you know, would come out a couple <laughs> times. So it, it was it, yeah, I mean he he was uh yeah it was he would he would uh you know, he would tell some of our guys, like, you know, Michigan State usually put their hands on you and the rules, you couldn't do that stuff. And, but they still were able to get away with it. And, you know, we we're, we we're kind of, you know, swinging our arms, getting them off of us, do whatever we could. Um, Might have caused a uh, little fights here and there, but that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what we, you know, we were coming into each game. We weren't going to let, you know, teams do what they wanted to do against us. And, you know, we just kept fighting every game. So, all right. Yeah. Well, Jerry, so- Jerry, what do you think? I, I feel like it might be almost time for the
1: name game.
0: Yeah, I think it's time for the name game with Zach McCabe. I don't know, Zach, have you, do name you know what our name game is? No, I do not. Are, are you ready to be the contestant on our name game? Sure, yeah. <laughs> do it. I think you need to do it. So Adam's going to read off some names here, and all we need is a one-word response or maybe a, a quick phrase. But basically, what you're off the cuff, what what these names, what your first thoughts are when we name them off.
1: All right, so, all right. And be careful because once you get going, Jerry likes to drag people into left field on like a <laughs> random topic on these. Okay, so all right, all right. Zach McCabe, are you ready to play the name game? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Number one, Kirk Spira. Uh. <laughs>
2: uh grabber he likes grabbing your arm anytime you know you try to get your attention so okay yeah he's a
0: he's a sioux city guy how much you is. guys uh,
2: how much time did you spend talking uh talking sioux city uh left field items. here we go yeah <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, would talk about how you beat uh well, he went to sioux city north so he talk about how he would beat healing a lot so but I kept you in his in your place did, nice. yeah. Yeah, all right one of my
1: personal favorites. I'm a Kirk Spraw fan too. He's a good dude. Hey, one of my favorites, Sherm
2: Dillard. Sherman Dillard. Sherman <laughs> Dillard. Uh, nicest dresser I ever me- ever meet. So. <laughs> yeah, he's stylish. He's always looking good in his suits, and he's always got the cleanest stuff on and. Yeah, he was good. he was a good dresser. So <laughs> I always assume he's going to be one of
1: those guys that's like wears like a monocle or like pulls out like a pocket watch, one of those old school like
2: 1920s pocket watches. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we were in New <laughs> we were in New York one time, and he pulled out these like old time like they look like Harry Potter glasses, but he's just thought he looked so good in them. And he would pull. He used to work for Nike, so he would like he'd pull out some gear that he used to have when he was working for them. So. Uh-huh. He's looking real good. So
0: one of one of my favorite Sherm Dillard stories, just real quick, was I uh, came down to see you guys down in Lincoln uh, a few years ago, and you go down courtside early enough during the game, see you guys practicing, and he's standing there, and we're like, "Hey Sherm, you know, he's wearing a regular tie tie, not a bow tie," and I was yeah. like, "Hey Sherm, hey Sherm, you know, what's what's up with the tie?" He just he just kind of looks around, he goes, "We lost last week." He goes, "I'm trying something new." <laughs> so-
2: he he didn't wear the bow ties when we were playing so that was something different to see yeah
0: yeah it was just kind of funny it was a little superstition with him so yeah
2: all right adam i got us in left field again
1: let's go all right back on track now zach next one devin marble
2: uh nicest guy man he's a he's a nice guy i ever met and love playing with him and he was uh he was a good dude to play with and yeah, he was – him and his family are always great people, and so he was a really nice guy. All right. One of our favorites
1: of all time. Some fans call him the ginger ninja, Aaron White. Ninja.
2: Aaron White goof. That guy's a goof, man. Like, he just loved joking around all the time, and he was a good dude too. So, um, guy, I mean – he's so lanky and goofy and weird sometimes it was just it was funny so is that is that story about him getting locked in the gym overnight is that is that true yeah yep so (laughs) when we open, we had the new facility they never told us like when they never told us that stuff locked up so he was in there I think he was in there yeah right at midnight it locked up on him and the only way you could go is to the locker room or whatever, and so you just stayed in the locker room that night.
1: Well, I gotta say, I've been in that locker room, and it's not too bad. It's Not he, bad, yeah. No, he. <laughs> no. It's a really nice setup. Like, there's soda machines in there. Like, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, yeah, not. You guys have like the nicest chairs. Like. That's like luxury living. I if I played on the team, I'd be trying to sneak in there, like in Rudy sneaking through the window
2: to sleep. I'd be trying to stay there every night. Yeah, they were trying to act like it was like a cold, dark dungeon or something. It was just like he slept. Probably slept on the couch that night, and it was fine. So yeah, I had a
1: big fountain soda that he poured right
2: next yeah, to him, and yeah. yeah, not not too bad at all.
1: <laughs> all right, n- next one, a guy that's graced the cover of Sports Illustrated quite a few times, Jared Utah, Jared
2: i <laughs> love it uh, i can't even think he i just that guy was he was a character i'll just say that he's a character so uh, he's he was uh he was a good teammate too and when he came back from wisconsin we just brought him in and he was he was goofy guy he always want to play one-on-one like and stuff like that it's so like jared we just you know bro, we just got done with three-hour practice. Like, you really want to do one-on-one right now? He's like, yeah, let's go. Let's go, you and me, yeah. whatever. So, well, he's a goof guy, too. So.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, that that concludes this episode of The Name Game. Zach, you win. You did wonderful. You win. Oh, thanks. You good win. Friend. I did not
0: I did not take it so far in left field. We were out in the <laughs> parking lot, and you did not say anything to be held against you at a later time. Oh, but, good. Good. You, you good know, good one much. of the things – One of the things, Zach, we did want to get into a little bit more serious subject, though, was, you know, and I'm I'm not here to rehash anything, but toward the end of your career, and, uh, you know, it is, it's like, but toward the end of your career was really, social media was really starting to, you know, become the thing. You got involved in some issues toward the end, um, and again, you know, we're not going to try to rehash that's all out in the media, but how difficult was that, you know, because social media, when it first, when it came out, things like Twitter, when it came out, you know, it seemed so, I don't want to say innocent, but kind of innocuous. And then it's like you guys were on there and all of a sudden people, you know, there's a couple things I guess I wanted to touch on was like, you know, in February 14, Fran McCaffrey on his radio show, you know, came out and there was a caller to the show that that basically busted on you. And, and McCaffrey was like, you know what, he's going to, you know, at the time he's like, his quote was Zach's going to score 900 points, 500 rebounds. You're not going to rip the kid on my radio show. Yeah, and then and then you guys are getting this scrutiny on um, Twitter and such. Where like an Adam Woodbury, when he gets that dunk against Michigan and that great upset you guys had, he's he's holding the finger up to the yeah. and saying, because I love people on Twitter coming on him because he can't dunk, and it's like, come on, the dude's like playing his heart out. Yeah. And then again, you had your issues with it. How difficult was that for you as a player to kind of have to start balancing those things? I mean, now it's a part of life. They probably have training, yeah. and things. But you guys were just kind of thrown into the wolves on that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean uh, that's something you don't really uh, they, you never really get taught that type of stuff. So um, it was kind of a it was kind of a shock. I mean, kind of coming from high school, you're usually used to people praising you and giving you a, you know ultimate praise or anything. So um, you know, I got on Twitter probably just for you know to interact with friends that I had and from high school or whatever and. Um, you know, sometimes you get mentions after the game, you know, like you suck or whatever. And, um, you know, you try your hardest not to say anything, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's just kind of, it's, it's pretty unfortunate that, you know, people have to, you know, hide behind stuff like that just to, you know, try to bash somebody, you know, do whatever, but, um, yeah, when Woody dunked that, when everyone is criticizing him about not being able to dunk the ball, like, every single time, it's just, you know, it's kind of a bunch of crap. So, I mean, <laughs> he's putting the ball in the hoop. I mean, what else do you want him to do? So, yeah. yeah. Well, you
1: know, you like Jerry said, you guys really, you know, social media-wise just blaze the trail of having to deal with criticism. <laughs> yeah. And you also, again, blaze the trail of putting Iowa basketball, again, on the on the right um, trajectory. And so, like, for all of that that you did, man, we're super appreciative. And, you know, you'll always go down and as one of our faves just because of everything you did as a Hawkeye and helping us turn the corner.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. it was, uh, yeah, yeah it's fun. So, anyway,
0: so one last thing I got for you, Zach, and then we'll all let right. you get on with your evening here. But uh, with NIL and the transfer portal now and these rules going on, I mean, where do you see this take in college sports? I mean, it's like – does it, I mean, to me, I guess, in a way, I, I fear that it's opening like a free agency, for lack of a better term. You know, I guess with your experiences and such, you know, how what do you see? Where do you see the future of this going from a Zach McCabe standpoint?
2: Um, I see the positives out of it. I mean, like, I think it's awesome that, you know, student athletes are able to profit off their name and likeness and, um, you know, People think that just because uh, you're in college and you have a scholarship and you play basketball, you have, you know, butts, but, but loads of money, just whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we're, we had some guys struggling too when I was playing. I mean, you know, they're scrambling around, you know, just have some money and stuff like that. So, um, but I think that, you know, it's awesome that, you know, finally, you know, people can profit off their name and stuff. Um, on the other hand, I just, I feel like people aren't, um, the transfer portal, I think, is kind of a, you know, it can be a positive and a negative. I think, you know, I think the negative would be, you know, people aren't willing to, you know, that's their first option right away. They're not going to, you know, I always think of like someone like myself. You know, I didn't have a good freshman year. I just kind of dug down and, you know, ended up playing, starting some games my sophomore year. And um, kids like Anthony Clemens, I mean, he wasn't starting. Um, you know, he could easily transfer anywhere he wanted to. And he decided to, you know, just put his head down and start working. And I think that's kind of what's going to be lost in that with that transfer portal stuff. But also, I mean, it's kind of, uh, you know, some people have injuries and stuff like that It might be a positive thing. Like Jack Nungy. I mean, he's kind of got mm-hmm. a, you know, fresh outlook on his career and, um, been watching him killing an Ag Xavier and stuff like that. So. Um, just kind of have different examples, stuff like that, but um, a lot of, you know, a lot of pros and negatives, you know, but um, NIL, though, too, I mean, you you could be the next, you know, some of those big schools, like, you know, fo- I just think football, like Alabama and stuff, you know, they're just throwing out mm-hmm. million dollars to quarterbacks, so yeah. you never know, so it could, you know, it could end up hurting sports, you know, putting yeah. six, seven schools in you know, higher category than most other schools. So you never know. Mm.
0: Well, and I appreciate your candidness. I know I kind of put you on the spot there. It's kind of like when I negotiate my pay raises with Adam. He gets gets a little, uh, he gets a little flustered with me. So I I appreciate your candidness. Uh, So thanks, Zach. Anyway, well, we really appreciate you coming on, man. Like I said, you've been a favorite of ours and we, uh, I know you're a fan favorite as well. And uh, we appreciate the time and it's great catching up with you. So anyway, we usually end this with the go Hawks. Yeah, go Hawks. Go
2: All right, Hawks. Thanks, they Zach. Win. let's go. Thanks, thanks, Zach. All right. Go Hawks. Yeah.
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office.